Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Welcome back to Nuck If You Buck. Uh, I'm here uh, still with uh, Brandon Garcia. Brandon and I got uh, disconnected a little bit previously, uh, but that's all good. We still have plenty of content to get to. Uh, and Brandon, I'm going to ask you if you could be so kind uh, to share with us your favorite Kobe memory that you and I had previously discussed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's jump right into it. So um, this was on my birthday back in 2018, and Kobe had just received an Oscar nomination for, um, I believe it was Deer Basketball. And uh, so be, it being my birthday, my uncle works for the Academy Awards, and he was, he told me, he's like, hey, we're having the reception here. And he snuck us in. He was able to sneak us in. And I felt right away when he came into the room, like everyone kind of like their eyes shifted to the door. And I was like, whoa, my hero is like right in front of me. The guy that shaped my life into being around basketball and stuff. So I'm nervous. My, my stomach drops. And my mom was like, hey, let's go ask him for a picture. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to bother him. And we go up to him and I'm speechless. I can't say nothing. I'm starstruck. And she tells him, Hey, Kobe, can we take a picture with you? And I'm just, like I said, I couldn't say a word, but my brother takes a picture with him. Then I take a picture and then I go after him. I'm like, Hey mom, can I see the picture? And she's like, Hey, I didn't get it. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. So I go up to him again. I'm able to speak this time and he's really cool about it. And he's like, Hey, like, of course he compliments what I was wearing and uh, he was really cool. It, it was it was awesome just to meet my my hero, and he was really cool about the situation. I was nervous about going up to him twice, but it was something I'm always gonna remember and never never forget. So mm-hmm. that's my Kobe story. Yeah, I I think I said before something along the lines of, as a guest of Nuck If You Buck, you've probably met the most famous person out of Mm. anybody else that I've talked to (laughs) on this show. So congratulations, you get that title. Uh, And the closest thing I have to that was meeting Bobby Portis over the Mm -hmm. summer. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And gosh, I've told this story like a million times, but I'd say (laughs) what what I miss more often, like the whole like starstruck part of it. uh, You said you had bought him groceries too as well, like. You, yeah, that's, yeah. We were talking about it. That's something that goes a, such a long way. And in, when you're in smaller, uh, smaller cities, like that, that really can decide. Uh, it could be a factor when a player decides to spend most of his career in a certain area. So that's shout out to you, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, I like to think that 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 was a huge part in him staying. But of course, Milwaukee had that understanding before. Like, dude <laughs> took an insane, uh, you know, pay cut to stay yeah. with us and. You know, I think, I think a hundred percent of like the MKE Bucks subreddit and more would have agreed that like it's blasphemy to not like pick up Bobby's bill or mm-hmm. whatever if you see him at a restaurant. Uh, but like, I it's just funny like listening to hear you talk about how starstruck you were with like freaking uh, Kobe. I mean, as much mm-hmm. as Bobby Portis might be my favorite person in the world, like Kobe Bryant is on a whole other level. Uh, yeah. rest in peace of course but rest in peace man i was yeah that day was craziest day ever uh 
don't want to get off too much off topic, but it was just really broke my heart that day. So uh, I try to live by what Kobe stands for sometimes and just keep that mama mentality with us. And I know all of us, we feel a certain type of way about it. So yeah yeah <laughs> yeah my nephew my nephew was born on his birthday so oh, i usually right. take yeah, his yeah, birthday yeah. to like to spew some like motivational like kobe quotes at mm-hmm. him even though he just turned four that i'll keep that going but yeah i remember i was like so awkward and like in shock around bobby like we were waiting in, we were waiting in line to like buy his stuff and um that was like right before like an Eastern Conference Finals game, I believe game two, he was like, oh. he was like, hey, do you got tonight? And I kind of like smiled and was like, I think the Celtics. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I agree. I don't think Jimmy can go off like <laughs> quite as much as he did in game one of that series. And then also like when I, because like they had put everything in like so many different bags, I was like, well, I have to carry his bags. And then once we get to the car, too, like, I'm still, like, standing there, like, awkwardly, like, like, how do I close this interaction? Like, am I going to regret not doing something? And before I could even get to it, he's like, uh, do you want, like, a picture or something, man? Like, I probably would have honestly just, like, walked away, like, I don't want to be a nuisance. I don't want to be a nuisance. But, yeah, thank God, like, they understand cool. that it's yeah. an enormous moment in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, That's dope. Yeah, so I'm really glad we still got that that Kobe memory in for you, and I got to relive one of my favorite moments of the year, to be sure. But um, a lot of news, especially this past week for late August, particularly Mm -hmm. for uh, your Lakers. Uh, You guys traded Taylor Horton Tucker and uh, Stanley Johnson for... Patrick Beverly, uh, mm-hmm. seemingly rare trade where there are like no picks at all uh, yeah. going one way or the other. Uh, play, and even though there are players on like different timelines, uh, what are your initial reactions to it? I loved it. I thought it was a great move. I think um, it, the Lakers really had a lot of intangible stuff that they needed to address this past summer because last season, uh, just across the board, just there was really no. Collectiveness and when you have a roster where it's like every year it's just new players, there's no continuity and there's no trust and there's no people. People are scared to get on each other's toes. So I think you brought in a coach in Darvin Ham who brings that uh, from a coaching perspective and a leader. And I think you get a leader on the court with Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly, we know, we know what he brings. We know um, this past season with the Minnesota team, like we've seen him be a leader of a group. And he's not afraid to call anyone out. And what made me really excited about this is back in, I think, May or sometime in the playoffs, they asked him if he was on the Lakers, how, how would that work? And he said, we, 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 like, confidently, we go to the conference finals. And he said he wouldn't be scared to call on LeBron, Russ, AD. So I think we need people to get on, on some of these guys. And he's a fearless player and he's a greedy player. So I love the move. I think it was a great addition. Uh, so yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. I, I like their offseason. I really like what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, I I didn't even really prep much on some of like the newcomers, but I I think just like bringing in a little bit more like youth and athleticism will probably mm-hmm. do you guys yeah. do you guys some good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't like particularly needed. down on the vets that you guys brought in uh, last year, but that seemed to like quickly yeah sour quickly. or quickly. yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, so first of all, do you have any any concerns about like the Russ Pat Bev 
dynamic at all. I know there's been a lot of drama um, between the two. I think every Laker fan hates, like, okay, hates a strong word, but does not want to see Russell Westbrook on the team again. But it's calling me crazy, but I'm all for letting them letting them run it back and kind of redeem themselves because Mm -hmm. whenever you make a trade, usually the first season, you can't expect to win a championship that season. That's something I've learned Um, across the board. Like you see with the Sixers, like a lot of that wasn't really meant for last season. Um, So I kind of want to see them gel and like see how Russ reacts to having a coach that believes in him and trying to mature as a player. And I don't know. I, I think he has a lot left in the tank. So uh, I think the experiment alongside Pat Bev is I think Pat Bev is a guy that you don't have to worry about defense and he's a 3 and D player so he can spot up I think Russ I think they're going to have him more in like a Gary Payton kind of role where he's moving around setting screens playing the, the dunker spot so I guess it's just all on Russell Westbrook to see if he buys into the role and if he can get back to being a really good defensive player because he used to do that but now he's in his 30s, I don't know if he's he has a superstar mindset where he feels like he doesn't really have to try that much defensively. So I don't know. I'm I'm open to seeing how it works, and uh, if if worse comes to worse, you can maybe make a move later on at the deadline. Hmm. Yeah. Um. A couple of things there. So you just kind of put a thought in my head that the fact that the Bucks won in their first year with the Drew Holiday. Addition uh, is probably somewhat rare, although the argument would maybe be just that, like, we still had Giannis and Chris. So, depending on where you draw the line mm-hmm. and, like, the impact of, like, a single player and, like, you know, the different, all the turnover that there comes, um, maybe it's crazy, maybe it's not so <laughs> much. Um, and I, I also kind of, I was going to ask you about, like, your thoughts on. Uh, Darvin Ham talking about having Russ in like a Drew Holiday mm, yeah. role. I know some people like sort of scoffed at that, but maybe yeah. putting in like Which is fair. GP2 is, yeah, but the, but I, I, I still sort of get, get the idea. He has all of the physical tools to be like an impact mm-hmm. defender. It has more yeah. to do with. They, yeah. they had, they had little stints of it when they, cause they only played, I think, about 17 to 18 games together. And I'm talking about LeBron, AD, and Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those games, when it came down to the stretch, just naturally, it was Braun and, and, uh, Braun and AD pick and roll and Russell Westbrook would play on the block. And it would be LeBron throwing it into Russ and Russ would dump off to, to, uh, AD. And like, there was times where like you could see it there. It just, they didn't really play mm-hmm. enough games to really get that out of there. And, uh, the kind of one of the bright spots of the season was Austin Reeves. And there was a game where he hit the game winner versus Dallas. And that was off of Russell Westbrook driving kick. So I, I think it's there. It's just they didn't, the coach, Vogel was a defensive minded coach and it just the tools for him wasn't really set up. So I think when you have a coach that comes in, um, Darvin Ham, seeing what he's done with, with, with Milwaukee, um, I think they can, he can really bring that out of him. And I think also part of the Patrick Beverly trade that I really love is he's going to be competing with Russell Westbrook and he, they're going to be competing for a spot down the stretch of the games. And, uh, the Lakers have given Darvin Ham full control of like, what to do at the end of games. Last season, we didn't really have control of like benching Russ at the end of the game till later on in the season. So mm-hmm. th- I think Russ is going to feel that pressure to buy in and to mature as a player because as it looks now, if he were to get traded and bought out 
there's not really a suitor for him. So I think it's he, his back is against the wall, and he actually has to like buy into like less turnovers, play better defense, move around, and be active offensively when he doesn't have the ball. So we'll have to see. Uh, we we really have to see. It's gonna be another interesting experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of. I was thinking a lot about the crazy story of him and his agent and their like fallout earlier this off season. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I've, uh, it's a bad sign. Yeah. It's yeah, a really I've, bad sign. It, it kind of contradicts but, everything I just said. <laughs> sure. But like, I mean, you're, you're kind of stuck in, in the Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. scenario. So all you, yeah. all you can do is like really make the best of it. And hopefully our guy Darvin will uh, be a big part of that. Uh, do you have any yeah. first impressions of Darvin at all? Have you heard any stories Dude, oh about him? So- I think you might have thrown one in earlier. Yeah, at SBC, so we obviously had that one section where we could see the games. Like, we had our own section, and we had a pretty good uh, pretty good view of the court. And something that caught, I just paid attention to, um, every time Darvin Ham walked, there wasn't a second where no one went up to him and dapped him up or, like, talked to him for a second. He was all smiles, open to just talking to everyone. If just You can you can feel the respect from, every, from his peers, everyone around him. And one moment that I actually, I think I got on video, there was a game, and... He had pulled aside one of the dudes, one of the guys that's probably not going to make the team. And he was just like, put him, put his arm around him and just talk to him and like pointed out some things. And all of a sudden that guy just like, it re- re-engaged him and he just had like a whole burst of, uh, of energy and he just started making hustle plays. And I was like, wow, like that's something the Lakers really needed. We needed someone that can get on somebody, but still encourage them to do better and to, to excite them for the couple possessions. So. That's my biggest takeaway that I saw from him, and I really, I, it really makes me excited for this team. So, I think it was the right hire. Yeah, I'm super happy that he got that he finally got a chance to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know, like having all the success that the Bucks have, like you hear, um, there is Darvin and like still currently Charles Lee, who who didn't get a head coaching job, but you've heard their names mm-hmm. for at least yeah. a couple seasons now. I'm glad it's happened yeah. for Darvin. Hopefully, Charles gets a chance uh, next off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really hard for me to tell. I mean, far be it for me to try to predict what kind, what like, what kind of offense or defense Darvin Ham's yeah. going to run outside of just Tricky. like may, maybe it will maybe it will resemble um, you know something like what the Bucks did. But yeah. at, at least like in, yeah in intangible wise like Darvin Ham might be like as good as it gets out there he mm-hmm. just seems like a mm-hmm. guy that that dudes will like run through a wall yeah. for yeah um like I I mean I just remember like one of the biggest celebrations that sticks in my mind this year was when Darvin won his first game filling in for a bud mm. this season mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know he got like Gatorade dumped on him the he was doing like a running it. man dance mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then, that was awesome yeah, and then um, there's another story about Darvin in his uh, days in Atlanta. I think there were dudes, like, drinking on a plane or something when maybe they shouldn't have mm-hmm. uh, based on, like, their schedule and their priorities. Um, and Bud was about to go talk to him, and then Darvin just put his hand on Bud's shoulder saying that he's got it, and then, and mm-hmm. then everyone just, like, just, you know just like stepped into their place like right away after yeah. so there's probably like you know 
he he get he gets a lot of respect like for being like being like a positive figure but also he can probably be like like a happy-go-lucky guy a lot mm-hmm. because he's yeah. like yeah. such an enormous dude and can be like intimidating yeah, when he wants to i mean famously he like he like broke a backboard in, mm-hmm. yeah. in in college and i know that was reposted on mke bucks a billion yeah. times <laughs> uh, so still sticking with the bucks lakers tie and that's where we're gonna stick with pretty much all of this mm-hmm. um so our guy wesley matthews stepped in he came in late december around when omicron was really striking Mm-hmm. The league, as well as Boogie Cousins, and Boogie Cousins was a fan favorite. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, and but that's right, yeah, yeah. Boogie Boogie didn't stick on the roster for the end mm-hmm. of the year. For you know, I mean, we had set we had luxury tax concerns, and mm-hmm. you know, some there are some pause with how his how his defense in the playoffs would would work. Um, but Wesley Matthews was was right away. Um, yeah, I I think it it clearly would have been uh, a disaster if we if we would have let him go because he ended up starting mm-hmm. for us uh, by the by the end of the year, and yeah, he he really looked like he had hardly like lost a step from when he was with us in 2020 yeah. and yeah. didn't get a ring. Um, yeah, he, he oh, was that's right. particularly yeah. unlucky because he missed you guys in 2020 right. and then he missed yeah. us in 2021. Um, do you oh, have wow. any memories of of Wesley Matthews with the Lakers? I don't remember seeing much of him. So, is there yeah, a reason? Uh, I well, my memories of him is when he was with Portland. I lo- he was the arrow or his little celebration. That's like my favorite takeaway from him. But when he was with the Lakers, I I don't know. He did a lot of hustle plays. And, like he was a three D guy that roams around, kind of like PJ Tucker. So mm-hmm. I I felt like we didn't really use him as much as we should have. Um, and again, that was a year where we had bounced off a championship and we got rid of almost the half the roster. So, uh, I think for the Bucks, it was all about fit. That's why you said, like you said, he was able to go and get right back into where he picked up or where he left off with you guys previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also just coaching as well. I think I, I've heard around the league, Bud is like a really great coach from like just talking to people and he just knows how to communicate. So I wish we would have utilized him a little bit more because obviously you see last, this this past season how crucial he was. Like he, he was on a minimum contract and he was playing a lot of minutes during the playoffs. So I wish we could have utilized him a little bit more. But it looks like he picked up right where he left off with you guys. Yeah, I I really couldn't believe it. I thought there would be something that that I would see, but I mean results speak for themselves. He was in our starting lineup even before yeah. the playoffs mm-hmm. and before Chris went down. Uh, I mean, one thing I could maybe think of was that this was pre-Rust trade. So I guess if you guys still had, yeah, um, like this is before Caruso went to the Bulls, before oh, like y'all still had KCP. Don't remind me. Yeah. Don't remind me. Stop, <laughs> yeah. bro. Make it stop. St- still a touchy subject, oh, but yeah, it's very I guess touchy maybe, subject, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah maybe not quite as it. much of a role. That keeps um, me up at night, man. Stop. Yeah. <sighs> Shoot, I, that that makes it feel a little more awkward switching switching subjects here. But <laughs> um, let's move to. I saw a report from Mark Stein uh, sometime mm-hmm. last week about there being a potential uh, mutual interest between the Lakers and and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, oh, and Schroeder's been quite awesome. a polarizing 
guy. I mean, particularly the OKC renaissance mm-hmm. was something to behold. And he got an offer from the Lakers that he famously turned down. And yeah. then him moving on from the Celtics seemed to, I mean, the Celtics had a lot of a lot of roster changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Schroeder was definitely a part of, of the turnaround that they had in the second mm-hmm. half. How would you feel about Schroeder coming back? I would love it. I would love awesome. it. I think any team. I'm surprised he hasn't got a contract yet, and uh, maybe it's because he feels like he's worth more money. But I think Dennis Schroeder was a big. Just playing when you're with the Lakers and you're in the playoffs and you have that bright spot on you. You. It, it doesn't matter if you had a great season. That one game that you go terrible, where you have like two points, can really, really change the, the way people you're perceived. So I think Dennis Schroeder still has a lot uh, left in the tank. And I've been watching him hoop recently. I just saw on Instagram today. He was, I think he's playing overseas or back in Germany, and he mm-hmm. looks good. He looks like in shape. He looks quick. Um, uh, I would love to have him back on the team. I would love to, and it would have to be with the minimum contract. So it'd be up to him and his agent to see if that's what they want to do. But even if it wasn't for the Lakers, there's a lot of teams that could use a pretty explosive backup point guard who can come in and give you about 12 to 14 points, I'd say, off the bench. Uh, he was, he, I think he was runner up for six men of the year like two years ago. So I, I wouldn't mind bringing him back. I think it'd be a great addition to our team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I know he was, uh, kind of like a a favorite for like a bucks like buyout candidate mm-hmm. um signing a, around last deadline for the bucks and and he also has that that bud tie-in from his hawks mm-hmm. days and yeah similar to wesley matthews but we've seen it go the other way with with george hill bud is bud really kind of rides or dies for his guys so yeah um so yeah i i mean i i wouldn't mind having having Schroeder either um yeah and I think in around this same time last week too Schroeder had like at least like a 17 and 10 game for Germany that yeah. might have coincided I don't Germany might have beat like a really like they high had, end team yeah I don't beat a pretty good team yeah I don't I don't want to guess because I'd feel really silly if I said that yeah. they like beat Luca and Slovenia or something <laughs> crazy like that but I, I remember he had he had a he had a real high scoring, uh, like impactful game against really good competition uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think of him more as like a score uh, score first point guard. So that normally turns me off a little bit mm-hmm. uh, for the Bucks. But I mean, you also need to put put the ball in the cup. So yeah, if he's coming if he's coming off the bench for sure, uh, it's pretty hard to argue that. Pretty recently. Uh, six man uh, of the year candidate. Now going back to some uh, Lakers talk, and you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention too many other uh, former Laker names that might be triggering. Yeah, please uh, don't. I won't. <laughs> but maybe back on a sensitive-ish subject. Uh, so Russell Westbrook, you you course corrected a little bit from a strong word about how Lakers fans feel about Russ but <laughs> it indicated that you that you might not want him around for long and mm-hmm. I went ahead and looked at some trade ideas for Russ uh, and there are a few teams uh, that stick out mm-hmm. uh, well the first one that I had written down from from a while back was 
was the Nets. We can skip over that because Kyrie and Katie will likely yeah, be fine sticking together in yeah. Brooklyn. So that maybe brings, yeah, maybe next year. But <laughs> then that brings really the Pacers and the Jazz, whom I believe it was Hoops Hype, um, said we're, we're probably the two likeliest candidates. Yeah. Um, so the Russ, the Pacers package for Russ I had was basically – Russ and uh, firsts for Turner and Heald. Both trades that I put in here had some sort of protections on the firsts. I don't know if that's wishful thinking, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to, I don't want to just assume unprotected, even if that's what it takes. Um, For the Jazz, I had Russ and, and uh, let's see here, I guess. Oh, yeah. And and just one and one protected pick for Conley and Bogdanovich. I don't know if that's again maybe a little bit of wishful thinking uh, for the Lakers, but Conley hasn't. He's fallen off quite a bit. Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, the Jazz don't have a ton of use for for Bogdanovich. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Are those picks going to have to be unprotected um, in any deal? Do you think? Uh, I'm on the side of Rob Polinka and just like those picks need to be really protected. Uh, I've been, we've been through a reboot before where luckily we, when we did trade some of these picks, they were top four protected, top five protected, and we kept them. So there's going to have to be protections down the line, especially when you're talking about 2027 and 2029. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Mike Conley, he's also on an expiring deal. I wouldn't say he fell off like, I don't think he's fall off much. It's just he's not available. When it comes playoff time, he's missing time or he's always with a nagging injury. Uh, I would kind of steer towards more of like Boyanovich, who I think the Jazz, uh, part of the reason why I don't think they'll trade him to the Lakers is probably because they could probably get picks for them from other teams. You can get more value from other teams. And a lot of teams realistically don't want to help out the Lakers. So if we can make a move with, Keep if we have to give up one pick, that'd be fine as long as it's like top five protected or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about both. I think it's would still be valuable if we can, if we can somehow find a way to just only give up one pick and keep one for a future another trade we want to make later in the season. I think that's the go-to move, and I kind of like. I really love Rapalinka being a uh, being firm on not giving up these picks because you're gonna need those if you want to keep adding stuff to your team you're gonna need picks so i think he can get away i think he's gonna find a way to get away with just giving up one if not any of them yeah i think that's the smart thing to do as well i mean you guys already gave up so many picks to to get anthony davis and i mean i think anybody would would have done that yeah uh with heinz yeah. i mean you guys got a ring out of it so i don't mm-hmm. think there there are any regrets there it was yeah. just really tough for me going going through this exercise because, I mean, we all love to play armchair GM, but yeah, it, it gets complicated when when Very. you don't ha- you don't have a ton of you don't have a ton of assets. They all go out extraordinarily far, so who know who knows mm-hmm. what that could turn into, and you know, realistically, it might it might take a lightly protected pick just to get off of Russ, let alone get something yeah mater- something of substance in return. And you also need to get multiple pieces uh, 
just to make salaries work in, in a lot of in a lot of these trades mm-hmm. so it's complicated now with the whole uh, rj barrett extension and i know utah or new york had given utah an extension or a deadline and now it's complicated but now i guess the only way that could happen is if there's a third team to take on a contract so i think the lakers can kind of find their way in there and try to try to make some moves so hopefully we can do it yeah i think i heard it might have been on um, I'm not quite sure if it was a guest or Danny LaRue, but on, uh, like the real GM podcast, I think someone talked mm-hmm. about how they, they thought that, uh, you know, if there was a trade between the Lakers that between the Lakers and the jazz, that it would involve some sort of three team deal with like the Knicks and obviously mm-hmm. like probably, probably Donovan Mitchell, uh, going going to the Knicks and then, you yeah. know, using Russ to match salary and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to wrap up here by uh, quickly looking at uh, some of this uh, GM survey, I suppose you would call it. It was led by Tim Bontemps, who does okay. kind of the midseason straw yeah, poll yeah, yeah, yeah. at ESPN. Uh, and I think there's another like official NBA uh, GM survey, but uh, Bontemps kind of mentioned how this could involve uh, coaches, GMs, and and other executives of sorts. Okay. Uh, so quickly going through it, best player in the NBA, Giannis got 11 of the 15 votes. There's 15 voters in all of this. Mm-hmm. LeBron got one vote. Steph got three. Uh, Giannis received seven of the 15 votes for uh, best player in five years. Luca close behind with six. Oh, yeah. And okay. Luca is also just behind by only one vote tied with MV tied with Embiid for who will win MVP this season. These, mm. these, uh, interesting, these 15 uh, analysts voted Giannis number one for MVP, which could be quite tough considering yeah. uh, voter fatigue. You know, some of its fatigue isn't quite as high as it as it was before we won the title after he mm-hmm. went back to yeah. back. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to quite uh, go through all of these. I'm quickly just running through to see. Um, I I have to unfortunately say the Lakers did get only one of fifteen votes for worst off season. <laughs> so you know, only one vote, not not the worst. There's also, I'm guessing also the same voter uh, chose Russell Westbrook still being a Laker as the most surprising move or non move of the off season. Yeah. And um, last one between our two teams. Uh, the Bucks were tied for the Celtics, receiving both receiving seven votes. The Heat receiving one vote for uh, being Eastern Conference uh, champions, and the NBA champions, as predicted by this uh, fifteen-person uh, voting pool, mm-hmm. uh, chose the Clippers oh, thank as, God. as the twenty twenty-two <laughs> NBA champions. There we go. Yeah, Bucks and Celtics again tied, uh, but but at second with four votes, and then the Warriors uh, were 
uh, third with two votes. I know I threw an enormous amount at you, and I didn't even send you a link before, but does any of that stick out to you <laughs> as the questionable? Or um, well, I I have I have a really dark horse for MVP, and uh, I'm just gonna say it's I I really think Anthony Davis is gonna have a year where I've been waiting for him to have an MVP year since the bubble, and I think it's gonna be this year. Uh, I'm glad. The Clippers are the favorites because I would love to get a ring and I would love to be courtside mm-hmm. when they win it. It'd be obviously something crazy for LA, the Clippers to win a championship. I don't know how people would react to it, but for the franchise, I know it'd be really huge for them. And, uh, yeah, I think when, it, uh, I, I think, I believe you said in the next five years, uh, Giannis was picked first, correct? And then it was Luca. Yeah, it was. I'll- Giannis okay. seven votes, Luca six, and mm. Tatum got two votes. In five years from now, I don't see Giannis. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see Giannis five years from now. I guess because he's so. He, I don't know. He he'll be in five years from now. He'll be thirty one. So yes, he would still be part in part of his prime. Uh, I'm a huge Luca fan, so I would say Luca would be the best player in five years. But I I really don't have much wrong with the list except for something. It was something about the Lakers like that. that so, uh, they, yeah, I don't. There was one person who, like, seem. I'm guessing it was the same voter. Kind of dragged their mm. their off season, but it was entirely surrounded uh, by Russ still being a Laker, which okay. you know we talked about. Lim- you d- there aren't a lot of options. Yeah, none. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like I said, I think uh, mo- I agree with most of it, and I I'm crossing my fingers that the Clippers can bring a championship to the city of LA. Um, if not, yeah, I can't really say much, but I, I hope the Clippers, I'll be, I'll be rooting for them. Yeah. Um, obviously I don't have many qualms with what was, with what was there. <laughs> Cause Giannis was number one in the first three, yeah. uh, questions. I know, I think Zach Lowe, uh, declared Anthony Davis, sort of his like revenge tour, just mm-hmm. like he had yeah. done the previous year with Paul George, <laughs> Okay. Uh, Paul George, too, so is another candidate, some, yeah. I would say. I think he's going to have a big year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I know. What year would that have been? Was that only 2019? 2017, 2018. Oh, no. It was yeah. 2018 when Paul George had a... You're talking about Paul George, correct? Yeah, Paul George. Yeah. 2018, yeah. 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it wasn't that long ago when he was, like, top three... Mm-hmm. Top three in MVP, and there was like yeah. a debate on on RMBA about like who had who had the better. Well, hmm, I I guess it depends on how you posed it, but mm-hmm. I I think it I think the majority of people on Reddit were saying that that they were they would take Paul George over over Carmelo Anthony. In like in like their primes and such. Oh, in their primes. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was like kind of. I, I thought it would at least be a bit more split, but I think a lot of it had to do with like two way impact and. I, yeah, I could see that, but young Carmelo Anthony was a really athletic as well. Like Denver Carmelo Anthony was, I, I yeah, he was a problem. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess at the time, recency bias probably plays a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. So that's a good debate, though. Yeah, and. Um... Oh yeah, I mean Melo also had like a scoring title too, so it's not like he, mm-hmm. he had a yeah. he, he had a he had a pretty high peak there. Um, I I would I would definitely 
I'll, I would I would disagree with. I don't think you were, you were saying Giannis couldn't be the best player in five yeah, years yeah, yeah. still. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think there's that strong of a disagreement there. But I, I get what people are saying because Giannis clearly he's. I I know there's 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 like a lot of. Well, there's the beef between him and James Harden where people <laughs> people yeah. like to make fun of the fact where. where James Harden said something alluding to that that all he does is like run in dunks and that's like it's, clear. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, that got I me mean, really upset when I, when I first heard that. Yeah, the the guy the guy's a final MVP for a reason, and he and he did more than just dunk his what. Yeah, he did more also, than just I, dunk his I, way there. I'm sorry to throw this in, but what Gilbert Arena said too. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, I definitely heard I about it, it happening. So... I didn't even have the patience to listen to the video. Yeah, <laughs> so... see, I agree. I agree. But he had said that he doesn't. If he had Tim Duncan's mindset, it would be so different. But I mean, to win a championship, to win Finals MVP, to win M- to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, you have to know the game at at some level. You know, like it's not like he doesn't. He just walks there and plays. Like he had. Like it, it really irked me because from a player to say that about another player and a player that didn't win MVP, didn't win a Finals, didn't win a championship let alone finals MVP, defensive player of the year. How could you say that about him? Like, uh, it, it really made no sense and it really irked me. And like, I, I'm I, like, Giannis, Luca, these European players, just because they're not grown in, in America, uh, you, they, they, I would argue, you could argue that learning overseas is more beneficial for a player's career because uh, we've had a lot of uh, European players who just, beautifully play the game of basketball so for him to say that he doesn't if he had someone else's mindset just disrespectful i didn't really appreciate his comments especially coming from a a former player himself yeah and i at least i could like still sleep at night or or i i mean obviously i I didn't even listen to the video but i mean i i think i would at least humor some of that as a bucks fan because i would be like okay well is this team actually going to win a championship that doesn't like that doesn't make or break success necessarily. I would have, I would yeah. have wanted Giannis yeah. to stay here for the rest of his career, even if he never brought mm-hmm. us a ring. But now that he's literally done everything and then some, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I yeah. can't even, I can't even humor it anymore. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's obviously not. He's improved, but he's still not like necessarily a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But still, he like he he has a, he has a nice mid range fadeaway. He has a nice like. It's not like his jump shot is all terrible. Like, I, I, I think he's does so much more than, uh, than just dunking, running, rebound. He's a phenomenal player. That's why mm-hmm. he, I would argue he's the best player in the world right now, and he has been for the past year. So, yeah, I would say so as well. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think about how, how Giannis's aging mm-hmm. curve like could could look because like he, he he does obviously rely heavily on athleticism but it's not just like his quick twitch athleticism either he's he's obviously like an enormous human being people ask a lot like like would would Giannis ever like shift to like becoming a center as as he's older um I I think it would it would take like a substantial like setback for that to ever happen yeah. and the team to yeah. look completely different but um, but, it's but, kind yeah. of similar think, to Anthony Davis. Be... It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to Anthony Davis, where like you don't need them starting at the five, uh, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty and crunch time, 
then you move him over to the five. And uh, I think Brook Lopez is a perfect example of what to put around players like that. And uh, that's kind of like a little formula that they just got to follow. Uh, they, he doesn't really have to change his position to be a center, but down the stretch, your best chance is with him at the five. So if that's something he can buy into and like, hey, like we really need you to when, it's, when it matters most, I think that's something he'll do. I mean, we saw him do it on the biggest stage, on the biggest platform. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think, I think we have a lot of guys who accept, obviously, we've, We've seen a lot of playoff series these past couple of years, so I think guys accept like there are ser- series where it's it's your yeah. your game and series series when it isn't like guys mm-hmm. like Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, even Brooke has has like playoff games where he he's like he's like barely over twenty minutes a game, so mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, their optionality is still important. Um, yeah, I would say the only other thing that I saw. Um, I've mentioned I've I've referenced Reddit so much in this episode and it just <laughs> it just shows again how it's it's August but this is how I found out, out about this survey today and pe- people just paused paused a little bit on the Clippers just because they they obviously haven't seen seen Kawhi in a bit but Ballmer's got got some pretty deep pockets and huh, like they yeah they've really uh they haven't really slowed down either with adding different pieces around them. Mm-hmm. They they got they got Norm and Rocco for a bag of beans from the Blazers, and then they got John <laughs> Wall. Um. So yeah, I I I really ad- admire what they've done, and you know I I, I respect an owner pu- putting their money where their mouth is. Um. But um. I'll also take this opportunity to officially congrats, uh, congratulate you for uh, accepting mm-hmm. your role with the Clippers. You'd kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, in addition to uh, hosting the Bucket Lounge podcast and uh, the Brandon Buckets YouTube channel, um, also g- getting a job like with an NBA team with the Game Night staff there is... Yeah. It is incredible, and I know. Thank you. I I know I definitely speak for all like what eighty to a hundred of us this summer, and then like, yeah. <laughs> and then like years prior to that, like, we're we're all super proud of you, proud of you getting this position. You. You're making us all look better. Thank so, you. yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm yeah, looking congratulations. forward to it, man. Yeah. So hopefully, like we said, man. Hopefully that the prediction that the Clippers are going to win the championship. Not hoping that comes true, man. It'd be nice to see it up front and uh i'm excited man it's a blessing and i'm i I just really want to put on for the sbc family man so thank you yeah and i'll definitely say the the second and third to last questions on this forum uh with the with the bucks and the clippers being conference champions i would totally be fine with that i'd maybe i'd maybe uh root for the bucks first though uh to win it this summer but that's no surprise uh brandon <laughs> i'm I'll, I'll let you get out of here now but is there, is there anything anything that you'd like to plug at all uh before we say goodbye here um the, yeah so like you said i have uh my youtube channel brandon buckets and then podcasts the bucket lounge and nothing much on twitter brandon buckets three i'm trying i i recently made a new twitter this year for just sports and i i met a lot of cool people so follow me on that and yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on, man. This was this was really fun. 
Yeah, thanks again for joining me, man. Um, I'm sure we'll touch base soon. And uh, and yeah, if ever I'm out in LA, uh, I'll come find you. And yeah, hopefully it isn't yep, too long. For sure. Love love to find myself out in Cali. Um, yep. But yeah, I'll uh, least, see you. Not, not this week, though, because we're getting a huge heat wave. So maybe in a couple months, because right now it's really, really hot. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, honestly, I was uh, I've been dog sitting a little bit uh, mm. here here at my folks. And I deliberately stayed uh, an extra day just to have have some extra AC. And I'm all the way up in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, yeah, may, maybe maybe a nice winter break sesh or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on again, Brandon. And uh, I'll see Thank you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother. <laughs>